0: I, uh, I just want to reiterate what, what Mark said a minute ago, but you know, we have in the room today moms and grandmas and godmothers, and, 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 and some of you who have even stepped into that mother role for someone when, um, when mom wasn't able to be there, and can we just give it up for them right away? One more forgotten group, though, that I want to cheer for, and um, we have some men in here who made women into moms, Um, and hopefully you know who you are. Um, Yeah, I stand by it. Without guys, there is no Mother's Day, so for the guys in the room who are responsible. God bless everyone. (laughs) I, I want to share with you today, um, it's, it's arguably my favorite psalm. I don't know if you pushed me on this, maybe you would get me to, to capitulate out. But man, it's, it's top three. It's dear to me. It means a ton to me. And I want to share it with you today. It's, uh, it's Psalm 46. You can follow if you want, or you can listen. It's up to you. But let me share with you how it goes. God is our refuge and strength. In ever-present help and trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth give way. Though the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. It goes on, it says, there's, there's a river. Whose streams make glad the city of God. The holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. But he lifts his voice and the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. The writer goes on. He says, come and see. Come and see the works of the Lord, the the desolation He brings to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow, He shatters the spear, He burns the shields with fire. Listen to this, so be still. And even now, be, be still. Still the mind, still the heart, still the worry, still the racing. Be still. And know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. It is one of the most meaningful, impacting psalms to me. I'm going to predicate a lot of this talk on the fact that I think every single person is mentally ill. Yeah, even you. (laughs) Or maybe better put, that all of us are susceptible to certain mental illnesses. Mine's anxiety. I wear worry like a nice, warm blanket. I like to pull it up and cuddle with it at night. It's, It's... I was trying to think of how to kind of like describe it. You know what it's like? It's like that awful codependent friend. It's like, I really don't want you around and I really don't like you anymore, but I don't know how to live without you. And I think all of us have these tendencies, inclinations, or weaknesses, maybe not in the same way as I do, but in various aspects of life. And for someone like me, those words of Psalm 46 are an assault, on what I live in. They come in and take over and give me a platform of hope without which I'm otherwise left in this place facing, well, the mountains falling into the heart of the sea, the waters roaring and foaming and the mountains quaking with their surging. And some of this, I gotta tell you, is is anxiety and worry of my own making. Some of it is Hypothetical, as you imagine, not just scenarios, but every scenario in painstaking detail of what could realistically and unrealistically be. Some of it's real, though. And when I say real, I'm not talking nearly as much about the emotion as I am talking about the things that precipitate it. Real fears, real struggles, real places in life where you stood there and you didn't know what was going to happen. And it scared you to death because something meaningful was on the line. Something important was on the line. Something that mattered to you was at risk. And through it all, these words, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. So we will not fear. I will not fear. It took on special meaning for me and something that's played out in my head. In low points, but also in times when you're, you're combating what you find yourself going into. You know that when you have the arguments with yourself in your head? Uh, uh, is a, maybe that's my mental illness too. I don't know, but yeah. Stilling the voices. That say other things. It's become important to me beyond that, though. It's become important to my kids. As we'd pray together at night and look for things to do and things to say, we found words in these Psalms. And this being one that was important to me, I found started to resonate with my son as well. And he memorized it, and my daughter as well. as She memorized it. And I gotta tell you, it's a cool moment for a dad watching something that meant something to you, means something to them, and watching them use it in those times when they face shaking mountains and surging waters and life falling into the heart of the sea as well. I like this psalm because it speaks for me into so many different avenues or places where I might happen to be. The best way I can think to describe this is what it must have been like for Israel singing this psalm. And, And through that, I kind of show you what I mean. Here's the line. God is our refuge and strength. It seems very straightforward. It seems very just propositional. Okay, got it. Statement of fact. But it can carry a very different connotation depending on when you're praying it. Now, to my knowledge, nobody knows when Psalm 46 was originally penned. And barring some great archaeological find of the 21st century, it's probably going to be impossible to ever know. But we know this, Israel throughout their history sang it, they prayed it, and think about the different connotations with me, follow me on this that a psalm like this is going to have depending on when you pray it. Now, we got to do a history lesson here, but it's vital, and you need to know it, and it revolves around your favorite thing, which is dates. Okay? 587 B.C. Say it with me. 587 B.C. The date in Israel's history that changed everything. Because, see, God made them a promise a promise to bless them, a promise to make them great, a promise to give them a land of, well, milk and honey, a a, a plan to be their, their, their king, their God, and they would be his people living safe and securely. But as 587 B.C. clicked closer on the chronological scale, those promises seemed to fail. And it's one thing to pray God is our refuge and strength When life's good, when you're strong and healthy and safe and protected, it's quite another thing, isn't it, to pray it when life isn't good and when you're afraid and you don't know what the outcome might be. And as 587 B.C. clicked closer on that wheel, this, this empire, this, this place, this land, this people, they began to dwindle and shrink, attacked, raided, defeated, corrupted, overthrown, until there's one final city left. One stronghold left, one place left, where the once great kingdom of Israel remained. It's Jerusalem. Jerusalem, the capital city where that great King David set up his palace in days past, where Solomon built that temple where God would dwell. And Psalm 46 is a cry of hope about it. Listen to the words again. There is a stream which makes glad the city of God The holy place where the Most High dwells. This is not just some metaphorical idea. No, we're talking about the place. God is within her. Within who? And talking about your mom, Jerusalem. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. The nations are in uproar around us, kingdoms are falling, including our own. But you know what God can do? Lift his voice. And the very earth will melt. So don't be afraid. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. And you can't lose, can you? If that's the case. And I wonder what it was like for ancient Israel in those days leading up to 587 B.C., watching what's happening around them seeing it fall around them, but holding on with this fool's hope. Because that's what it was, a fool's hope. Holding on with the fool's hope that no matter what happens and no matter how bad those odds we see are stacked against us, God's got our back. We will not fall. God is our refuge and strength. Can you imagine praying a prayer like that? Do you know what it feels like when you stand there holding on with fool's hope that God is stronger and will deliver? And it may be, depending on when this psalm was written, that that's how Israel prayed. But what happens when she does fall? What happens when he doesn't deliver at break of day, as the psalm will put it? Because here's what's amazing to me Jerusalem fell. Do you remember the date? 587 BC? She fell. And God did not deliver her at, break, at daybreak. She fell. The Babylonian armies surrounded. They teared the walls down. They burned the city to the ground. They carried every last bit of wealth away. They slaughtered the people and carried the lone survivors. As spoils of war, hundreds of miles away and you know what's amazing to me about that Psalm 46 is what they still prayed does that make any sense to you Psalm 46 is what they still prayed, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth give way, though the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. They still prayed that God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. They still prayed that way saying god is our refuge and strength takes on a very different nuance doesn't it after after the very thing you feared has taken place there's one more date still and it's 538 say 538 Say 587. 587. Say 538. You're Old Testament experts now. Rock on. Some 50, 60 years later. 50 years after being carried out into captivity. 50 years after God not delivering the city at break of day. They came back. They came back and it wasn't the same, but they came back. And there was hope again, and they still prayed, God is our refuge and strength. In An ever-present help in trouble, therefore we will not fear. And I wonder if they thought it this way, even though the earth has given way. What I like so much about Psalm 46 is the different, the different punch it has depending on when you pray, it is someone who befriends worry. I found, like ancient Israel, there is a strength in this psalm when you're going in, a hope, maybe even a naive hope, but a hope nonetheless, that no matter what I face, no matter what we're going into, God's bigger, God's stronger, God can deliver me there. I found just like ancient Israel, though, that even in the times when you're sifting through the rubble, picking up the pieces and wondering where it goes from here, that God is our refuge and strength. So we will not fear. And even though he did not deliver me at break of day. He will be exalted among the nations. He will be exalted in the earth. And I can be still. And know that he's God. And I found that in hindsight, when it's something now of the past, and you've gone through it, and God has picked you up again, that it becomes a a cry of vindication, a cheer of thanks, that God, you did it. God, you brought me through to the long game. You're my refuge, my strength. You have shown yourself an ever-present help in trouble. And because of that, again, I will not fear today. Today. And this is how Psalm 46, I think, invites us to pray. Wherever you may find yourself in that equation. Praying with a naive hope as you go in that God is able. Praying with audacious hope after it's crumbled that God is still able. Or praying in vindication when it's all behind that God was able. God, our refuge and strength. It's a prayer of faith. A faith that invites us to go, God, you are bigger than what I can see before my eyes. And you transcend what I can't figure out how to get around or through or even recover from right here. It invites us to throw ourselves upon him with that audacious hope going in and with that faith for renewal coming out. It's reminiscent to me of, of Job who once prayed this, and even though he slay me, even though God slay me, I will hope in him because he's our refuge and strength. My, uh, my favorite example of this um, outside of my own life led to what is, I think, the greatest remix of this psalm ever. It started with a young monk turned priest turned seminary professor who I think was susceptible to various mental illnesses, like me. Racked with worry and steeped in anxiety and fearful, not only of everything around him, but even of God himself. And ironically, this seminary professor was a lecturer on the Psalms. And it was through the Psalms, and I I suspect specifically through things even like Psalm 46, that God started to open different ways of thinking, started to open doors in his mind, and started to help him see things in a different way. And it didn't fit with what the people were saying about God around him and standing there one day in the face of what he saw were lies and abuses and corruptions and and perversions of truth he went to the city door and he nailed to it 95 bullet points or theses Inviting people into a discussion in a debate. Almost like, am I just crazy here? Or are you guys seeing this too? And what does it mean for us now as we take this, the next step of the way? And little did this monk turned priest, turned seminary professor, know. Is through that simple action, history would Change. They turned on him like wolves. It starts like this, and you'll notice this when they turn on you too. It starts with trying to buy him off. Win him to your side, right? Try to buy him off, but when that doesn't prove true, it turns to threats. Intimidate him, scare him so bad that he'll back down. But when that doesn't work, it turns to compromise. Can't we meet in the middle here? And every step of the way, finding this mounting pressure of what he came to know and discover about what it means to have God as a refuge and a strength. It came to a head at a trial. At a trial. Because that's what they did is they put him on trial as an enemy of the state. And with heads of government and officials gathered in there, soldiers and mercs all around, they called to him to recant, just take it back. Take it back, these things he'd suggested. Take back these things he had been teaching. think back these things he discovered about a God who he came to find his, his ultimate refuge and strength. And what do you do when they try to buy you, when they try to scare you, when they try to find middle ground and compromise, but your conscience and integrity are on the line What do you do when you stand and your world starts to shake? And you know the decisions you make right there will set the course in destiny in your life for everything that will yet take place. His response has become somewhat of a kind of a historic cliche. And I can almost imagine the anxiety, the worry, the fear, and the full realization in his mind taking place of what this would mean, standing up alone before those gathered around who held his life in their hands, saying, unless I can be shown by clear reason and the Bible, That I should think otherwise. Here I stand. I can do no other. God help me. And he knew his life was over that day. Let me tell you about how his world shaked. He became a wanted man. Enemy number one, like top 10 FBI list. Bounties on his head, dead or alive. Loss of family, loss of home, loss of job, a man on the run, a man underground. His friends are forced to abduct him make it look like he's kidnapped out on the road they they abduct him so they can reasonably say we don't know what happened something just went really bad out there and they haul him off alone and far away in some podunk little castle disguised and underground out of harms way and it's in that place believe it or not when it really started to shake have you ever been alone too long Some of us who are introverts don't think such a thing is possible. There is a reason why solitary confinement is the worst punishment our modern prison systems can give. Sitting alone day after day with nothing but his thoughts, which means nothing but his anxiety and his worry and the playing out of scenario after scenario and worst case methodology... He writes of the deep depression that came over him. How he started to slip. Mentally. He started to crack. He writes about how he was a man possessed, a man tormented from from hell itself. Demons and devils even appearing before him, sometimes so vividly whether in actuality or whether by hallucination, that he would throw his Bible or throw inkwells across the room to scatter them away. Imagine what it's like to be alone in your own dis-ease. With your whole world being wiped away. It was in this time he began to find solace in the Psalms. In a new way. As he would pray about them and think about them, and even begin translating them into the the German language, the common language of the people of his day, they began to take on a new life in a way that transcended, possibly deeper, than he'd ever experienced, despite the fact that he taught and lectured on them extensively. And over and over, the weight of this line, God is my refuge and strength, rooted up within him and led the way. It got worse. Because of his actions, a continent was an uproar. Violence in the street, peasant uprisings, kings coming with cruel force, putting others down, warfare inevitable. How's your conscience handle things like these? The black plague sweeps through. His son is near death. His body is failing. And in the midst of it, He pens a prayer, he pens a line, he pens a verse based on Psalm 46 that I want to show you here today. There's been many versions of this. I still argue the old school one is best. And he writes this. A mighty fortress is our God. God bulwark. What well, comes to your mind and your heart when you hear the word like, bulwark, you know? You know it can never be bulwark. It's like bulwark. A bulwark. God's my bulwark. Never failing. Our helper he amid the flood of mortal ills Prevailing For still our ancient foe doth seek to work us woe. His craft and power are great and armed with cruel hate. On earth is not his equal. Because he learned something those days. To claim God as your refuge and strength doesn't mean the rest goes away. It doesn't make it easy. Armed with cruel hate on earth, is not his equal. Did we in our own strength confide, our striving would be for nothing, it would be losing. We're not the right man on our side, the man of God's own choosing. Don't ask who that may be. Christ Jesus, it is he, Lord Sabaoth, Lord of the hosts, Lord of the armies, is his name. From age to age, the same on earth is not his equal. And though this world with devils filled should threaten to undo us, we will not fear, for God hath willed his truth to triumph through this. The prince of darkness, grim. We tremble not for him. His rage we can endure, for lo, his doom is sure. One little word can fell him. That word above all earthly powers no thanks to the world no thanks to them abideth the spirit and the gift are ours through him who with us sideth let good and kindreds go this mortal life also the body they may kill but God's truth abideth still His kingdom is forever. It is a prayer of defiance to the earth that shakes. It is a prayer of hope when the very ground quakes. It is a prayer of faith that no matter where you find yourself in life, be it leading up to your 587 B.C., be it in the aftermath, or be it post-538, a God, God is our refuge and strength. That's at least what it means to me. if you don't struggle with what I do, I doubt it means much to you. And that's okay. Because God's written other things that he has to say. But for those of you here, whether you wear it like a blanket Whether you stand on a mountain right now that's shaking or, or picking up rubble after it's fallen. My hope is the eternal words of this psalm are something you can say. So I'd like to invite you to, uh, to rise, if you would. And I always just like to give the opportunity to take some of these prayers of the Bible and give you the chance, us the chance, to pray them together. We're going to put Psalm 46 on the screen. If it's resonated with you in any way, I just invite you to pray it with me today. God is our refuge and strength Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see the works of the Lord, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still. And know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress.